The View by Mark Powell Episode 1 The Interrogation You expect me to believe that? He asks. You don't answer. It's not a question from a cop that you should answer. Because yes or no, and he's got you. You're either yes, suggesting he's a gullible fool, or no, and you're admitting to being a liar. Which is the same as admitting to doing what he's accusing you of doing and no doing. You stay quiet. What? He says. Cat got your tongue? Prick. Tell me the real reason a 15-year-old kid is out in the woods at 2 a.m. on a school night sitting 15 feet up in the branches of an oak tree. I already told you the reason, you say. I said tell me the real reason, he says. I did tell you the real reason. Then tell me again, kid. Three. Elm. What? It was 3 a.m., not 2. I said 3. And it was an elm tree, not an oak. I said an elm tree. He smirks at this, acting like it's no big deal. You just caught him trying to trip you up. Cheap cop tricks. Please. You may only be 15, but this ain't your first rodeo. And you were up there in that elm tree because you... Let me get this right. Liked the view? Yeah, that's right. Because it's a better one than the one I would have had if I stayed at home that night. Which would have been what? A view of my dad's fist coming from my face again. And here, you reach up and massage the golf ball-sized knot on your cheek. Oh, the cop says. I, uh, I didn't know. Yeah, you say, keeping it coming. Now that you see he's taking the bait, dumbass. Yeah, you continue. He drinks every night now since they laid him off up at the GM plant. More he drinks, more he needs to get even. No way to get even. Not with the plant. So he settles for who's closest, me and my mom. Drink, drink, glug, glug, and then pow, pow. One for me, one for mom. She tells me, get out of the house, get safe. And so, I find that tree. And the view from up there. That view lets me see our house. But from a far distance, you know. Far enough a distance that it looks so small, our house. And the lights on inside look so dim. And the view makes my dad and his drinking and his rages and what he does to us seem at a distance too, you know? Makes all my troubles seem so small, so dim, and so far away. So yeah, I was up there for that. The view. So when those two guys showed up, not seeing me up there, And the one shot the other and split. I climbed down lickety-split and called you guys. 
And now we're here talking. And now we're here talking. You know either of these guys? Don't know. Don't know? No. I didn't see him. They talked a bit before I heard the shot and the guy's body hitting the ground, but I was 15 feet up, like I said. It was dark, and tree branches and leaves were in my way. But you climbed down. Yeah? Well, didn't you see the dead guy's face then, when you climbed down? I wasn't sticking around to get a better look. He wasn't moving, that's all I saw. I got out of there, called you guys on my way here. So you didn't see either one? Hmm, too bad. Well, but you said you heard them talking before the shot, right? Yeah, before the shot. What were they talking about? Well, one guy was saying something about, Hey, hey, you don't need to do this. Please, please, don't do this. And the other guy, he's got a thick Irish accent, says something like, uh, uh, You're making me do this. All you had to do was something about stick to the arrangement. The arrangement, the cop says. Yeah, I say, I don't know what he was talking about. That's what he said, the arrangement. You said it was a thick Irish accent? This second guy had a thick Irish accent. You're sure it was Irish? Yeah, it was Irish. I know Irish. It was Irish. Okay, that's very helpful. Thank you. Go on. Uh, well, yeah, um, then Irish guy says, I need you to deliver a message. A message? A message, that's what he said. He says, a message. And the scared guy says, okay, okay, whatever message, I'll deliver it. Just quit pointing that gun at me. Just tell me what kind of message we're talking about here. And Irish guy says, the kind of message best delivered, bam, by a dead man, not a live one. Bam? Yeah. That was the uh, gunshot. Yeah. The kind of message best delivered gunshot by a dead man, not a live one. And then he left. He just took off after shooting the guy, after saying what he said. Yeah. And then, and then you climbed down saw he wasn't moving, assumed he was dead, called us on your cell, and here we are. Here we are. Hmm. A shame. A shame what you heard. Such a shame. You had your story down pat, you think. No way they can pen anything on you. You figure now is the time when the cop's gonna cut you loose, has gotta cut you loose. But he smiles like the cat that ate the canary all of a sudden. I liked your story, kid. I really did, he says. But I sure wish you hadn't heard what you heard. Great that you didn't see anything, but ah, you just had to be up there to hear what you shouldn't have heard. Such a shame. Now you're wondering what the hell this guy's going on about. I want you to meet someone, kid, he says. Then waves come on to the two-way mirror along one wall of the interrogation room. A couple of seconds later, another cop 
comes into the room. He's wearing a uniform. The name on his badge reads O'Shaughnessy. He's got red hair. He sits down next to his colleague, and he has that similar smile on his face. He looks at me and says, Tap of the morning to you, lad. 